my first question then if that works yeah um, this is kind of a big one I was just gonna ask if you could give me like the briefest possible like overview of your life like the bullet points maybe like the places you've lived and like the different careers you've had just like the very basis of you so that I can get kind of a big picture oh, okay um well I'm going to be 70 this year, so I've been around for quite a while. <laughs> I, when I was growing up in the 50s, um, my dad start, helped start Hertz Rent-A-Car. So we moved like every six months all over the country. So I've lived um, in a lot of different places, and um, I, th I think that that really helped me. Um, in later years because it helped me become flexible and um, it it had a, a real uh, impact on my life. Anyway, we moved back to Chicago um, and my mother said she was tired of like living like a gypsy. So we moved back to Chicago and, you know, put our roots down there again. And, um, and I stayed there through high school. Um, now, high school, I didn't want to, after two years, I just wanted to quit. I just didn't like it. And I didn't feel like I was learning anything. That's why I would like take off and go to the library all day. And and um, so I walked into the, pre to the principal's office one day and said, um, well, I just, I'm, I just want you to know I'm quitting. And he had never, I'd never been in the principal's office, you know, so he didn't know who the heck I was. <laughs> And he said, well, I'll tell you what, come back in four weeks. If you still want to quit, I might have um, another option for you. I said, okay. So I came back in four weeks. I still wanted to quit. And he said, well, how would you like to go to nursing school half a day and um, high school half a day? I said, that sounds good to me. So I did. I started nursing school when I was 16. And um, when I finished nursing school, it was a LPN program, licensed practical nurse program. And I finished that, I worked as an LPN for the summer and then I went to Cook County Hospital in Chicago. Um, my parents were not happy with that. You know, they, it was a, a predominantly um, African-American hospital and they didn't like the neighborhood. And my mother even went as far to say, well, if, if you go there, I'm never going to visit you. And she never did. Um, I would go home and see her. But um, I finished that. And um, the day after, oh, uh, my senior year in nursing school, I met a man and fell in love with him. And he was from England. And uh, so the day after I finished nursing school, moved to England. Um, I got married in uh, the Beverly Minster up in um, Yorkshire, and um, he was a doctor, and we worked, uh, we moved, ended up moving back, well, we, we got married there, but we actually lived in London, and I worked at uh, King's College Hospital, and um, I stayed there a few years and um, came back to the States. And I ended up divorcing him. And um, 
was single again for about 10 years, worked in a lot of different hospitals. I became a director of nursing. Um, I was always into like, get a better job, make more money, get a better job, make more money. I wouldn't recommend that. I ended up at the top of my field in a, in a job that I didn't like, you know, but um, <laughs> anyway, I'm not keeping this very brief. I ended up remarrying um, and I had a son when I was in, oh, I, I had him when I was like 37. And so he, um, I, I moved to Iowa when he was two and a half and he's like gonna be 33 this year. And um, he went to the University of Iowa. He got married and, and um, I just moved here this year during COVID. And um, because my son got married and he lives in Cedar Rapids with his wife and they had a baby. So my grandson was born um, a year ago February 13th, he'll be one soon. And um, I just moved here to be closer to him and my son and his wife, you know, they're, my other family is out of state and uh, my parents are dead now. So, um, so it's kind of a new chapter. So that's kind of it in a nutshell. <laughs> that was great, so well said, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, I, I like that question. Can I turn it around and have you answer the same one? Sure. Yeah, I'll have like a much worse answer because like it's all kind of a blur when you're really young and haven't lived that much. But yeah, so like I said, I was born in London and it was kind of like a right place, right time situation. Um, my parents just happened to live there. We're not like British of like British descent at all. Um, my dad had a job there and my mom um, like had just moved there kind of along with my dad and quit her job um, to move there and kind of be a mom. So yeah, I lived there for around three years and I really don't remember it very much at all. I kind of remember like going to ballet class and like getting cookies after daycare, but like nothing of substance. I don't remember like the London Eye or like anything cool that I wish I remembered. Um, <laughs> yeah, when I was little, I got to travel around a lot of cool places in Europe too. Um, kind of like Paris and like all the cool cities. And of course I don't remember any of it, but I have like pictures there. So at least I have that for, <laughs> um, I've never been back since, so I miss it, but hoping that I can go sometime after graduation when COVID's over. Um, but yeah, when I was around four, then we moved to a little bit outside the Washington DC area. Cause that's where my parents had lived before they moved to London. Um, and I think they wanted me to grow up in the States maybe and be a little bit closer to their families. Um, so yeah, we lived in Reston, Virginia, which is like 20 minutes outside of D. Yeah, um, that's where I went to preschool and elementary school. And I really loved the city of DC. It's still like my favorite city and I'm trying to go to college there. Um, I just love like the history and all the museums. And so that was like a really big part of my upbringing, like going into downtown DC. Oh, sorry, it says my internet is bad if I'm cutting out, I apologize. Um, but yeah, so like I went to the Natural History Museum for like every school field trip into that kind of being near the city was a big part of my growing up kind of in that area. Um, and yeah, in elementary school, I'd say I was like pretty studious as much as you can be when you're in like, I don't know, first through 
sixth grade, but I really enjoyed school. I kind of floated around friend groups a lot. I never had like a really good group of like solid elementary school friends, but I feel like that's kind of how it always goes. But yeah, like those years, I don't remember a whole lot. It's all kind of kind of crazy when you're that age. But yeah, and then when I was in fifth grade, my family moved here to Iowa City because this is where my mom's um, parents live and my grandma has multiple sclerosis. So we wanted to be closer to her as she was kind of getting more into that disease and be needing more help. Um, so this is where I've done like sixth grade through now I'm a senior in high school. Um, and I really enjoy living here as much as you maybe think that like Washington DC is a cooler city than Iowa City. There's like, honestly, like a lot more culture here than like the small suburb where I lived. It was like, I don't know, very like homogenous and like not a whole lot of like, yeah, like culture or diversity. And so here there's a lot more like of an art scene, obviously being a college town, a lot more cool opportunities than there were where I used to live. So I've really enjoyed it here. Um, and since I've been in high school, I've like really kind of found a lot of like my passions in life. I'm like someone who really enjoys high school and kind of, um, yeah, I know some people have like a bad experience, but I've really liked it. So some things I've found that I enjoy to do is journalism, which is kind of how I ended up here because um, my advisor told me about this opportunity. But yeah, I'm the online editor in chief of my school newspaper. So that's kind of what takes up the brunt of my time. Um, and then outside of school, I actually do a lot of work in like different nursing and retirement communities. Um, coincidentally, I play clarinet, like I said, in a quartet and we kind of travel around to like all the different communities around town and we play music. Um, and I also work like my part-time job is in a retirement home also. So I really love working with senior citizens. And when I'm older, I wanna work in some capacity where I'd be able to help out seniors. So those are kind of like, yeah, my big goals. And then I'm also interested in business and marketing. So I do some clubs and internships related to that. Um, and that's something I kind of want to combine those two interests when I'm older. But okay, yeah, that was like very all over the place. But that's a little bit about me. Well, that's really interesting. Um, now with your um, quartet, um, do you like arrange your own music or do you just, is there a certain kind of music you like to play? Um, it's kind of, it's through my clarinet teacher who does like private lessons and she kind of just like grouped us all together and was like, hey, you're like of similar um, skill levels, I guess. So she kind of comes up with the programs for us and like it's kind of our mentor and helps us practice our programs and stuff. But the type of music we play is all over the place. We do jazz, classical, we've done like Irish folk music, like kind of a little bit of everything. Um, we like to keep it seasonal. So we did like a Halloween program earlier in the year um, or sometimes we do themes like movie theme and fun stuff like that. So yeah, little of everything. <laughs> do you, um, so can your quartet still get together to practice or do you do it over Zoom? Um, a little of both. We've been doing socially distant quartet. I'm not sure. I don't know how I feel about it, but yeah, we get together in like a room with like all the windows open six feet apart. And we have these things called plane masks, which is like a face mask with a hole cut out in it. Like <laughs> the over under on the effectiveness is a little shady, but um, <laughs> and I'm vaccinated now because of my job so I'm feeling pretty safe about it now but yeah we didn't get sick so that's good <laughs> that sounds great yeah. I know that a lot of high schools have like eliminated their a lot of their art programs you know and their music programs and everything so does your high school um support that 
Yeah, we have like three or four different concert bands because there's like so many kids who want to do um, music. So yeah, there's like a really wow. big arts program and they like build a whole band wing. Yeah, they're like very supportive of the arts, which is great. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Well, I took over some, I asked you a couple questions in a row. <laughs> you want to ask another one? Sure. Okay. My next one was, I was just wanting to hear a little bit more about your family and then maybe how you feel like your family kind of helped you to become the person you are today. Well, um, my mother and dad, um, my mother was of Dutch um, descent and they have a, like a really strong work ethic and um, and my dad, my dad was kind of more adventurous. You know, my mom was kind of like real prim and proper and her favorite thing to say to me was like, act like a lady, you know? <laughs> that was kind of like the number one thing she was concerned about. And now my dad, on the other hand, he was, he was, uh, just kind of like a lot more mellow and laid back. You know, my mom, everything kind of had to be perfect, but not always, you know, she was an artist. Um, she, I have a lot of her oil paintings and, and some are, are um, she liked to copy some of the masters. So some of them are kind of like copies of like the girl with the pearl earring and she, um, but she has a, had a lot of original ones. And the one thing I remember, she always um, encouraged me to be creative, no matter what way I wanted to display that, you know? And I remember one time I like locked myself in my bedroom and I, they didn't know, my parents didn't know what I was doing. And I painted this mural on the whole wall in my bedroom and I was in there for hours and it was it was uh the tree of life is what I called it and it was just this big giant tree in different colors and what have you and and when I was finally done I invited my parents into the room and they really liked it and it just gave me encouragement you know um now there was another time I decided when all my friends were like putting hot blonde highlights in their hair and, <laughs> and dyeing their hair um, blonde, you know, I decided to go black and I bought this <laughs> dye, <laughs> didn't tell them what I was doing, went in the bathroom, made a holy mess and I came out and my hair was long like yours, you know, and I mean, I, it was so bad. I would walk down the street, my friends wouldn't even recognize me. It was just a, a real fiasco. And my parents didn't get that upset. But they were more upset that I made such a horrendous mess, you know. But um, they, they were very um, um, relaxed. You know, I have an older sister, Donna, who actually lives in uh, Maryland, Silver Spring, Maryland. So I've been to Washington and what have you. I know that area too. And, um, but I think that they were, you know, in our family, education was a family value. 
Um, so I went on and after nursing school, I got a bachelor's in psych and a master's degree in psych. And um, so education has always been really important to me also. And, and um, so they, they um, inspired me in, in that way. They always had my back. Um, when I decided to move to England, um, they didn't try to hinder my plan or anything, you know, even though they knew I would probably not see them very often, you know, but um, uh, so they were, they were very supportive. You know, I, I think our family atmosphere, I, I always focus on that in a family. What's the atmosphere fear in your family? Is it um, peaceful? Is it chaotic? Is it frenetic? Is it, you know, violent? You know, it can be so many things. I grew up in a, in a very um, peaceful atmosphere. It was a very safe place. You know, I, I um, could invite friends over. You know, we didn't have any like deep, dark family secrets that, um, I mean, every, I think every family does, but um, it was kind of, those were the deep dark family secrets really had to do with outside family members, you know, like uncles and weird uncles and stuff like that. It wasn't, thank God, in my family. And, um, but the weird thing is they never fought, which can be a problem in itself. I think it's really healthy for people to learn how to fight fairly and know that at the end of a fight, you can still be friends. You might just have a different opinion about something, but I think it's important to be able to have an opposing opinion and to say it openly. You know, my parents, they just never fought. I mean, and I don't think that's really healthy when I look at it, but okay, that's it. <laughs> Great That's so cute. <laughs> oh, um, let me see here. Do you have any future plans after high school? Um, yeah, still kind of working on it. Um, waiting to hear back from like colleges and stuff, but yeah, I definitely want to go to college to study business in some capacity. So like maybe econ, um, like maybe marketing, I'm not sure exactly where I want to focus. Um, but then after that, kind of like I said, I want to find some way to combine like social justice or like um, community service and business in some capacity. So um, I don't know whether that's like working at a nonprofit or like a startup or something like that. Um, I'm really interested in like smaller like developing companies and then yeah like I said working in community service so yeah doing that in some capacity that's kind of my plans but not sure exactly how I'll get there quite yet. Well I know with everything um, so uncertain a lot of people are um, putting off college because they don't know if their colleges will even be open when they want to go and and um, some people learn well in zoom classes but other people don't so I know that you know there's such a uncertainty about the future but what um, what colleges have you applied for 
Um, kind of a lot. I definitely like took the mentality of like the more like the better the chances. Um, but my top choice, contrary to what I said earlier, is Washington University in St. Louis, um, which is like a really hard school to get into. So we'll see. But I really like the collaborative culture and like the business school there and stuff really resonates with me. Um, but also looking at some places closer to home. So obviously like the university um, or Grinnell, I really like as well. So yes, lots of options, but hoping somewhere works out. You know, you must be a really good manager of your time to be able to go to school and and, you know, pursue your music and be an editor of your paper. Um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about the paper because I'm a writer also. I um, I love writing and I didn't do it for many years while I was working. Um, but then when I retired, um, Oh, I, I was a psychiatric nurse for like over 50 years, but, um, and I had my own private practice and what have you, but I didn't write hardly at all during that time. So since I retired, I started taking writing classes. In fact, I'm in one now out of Chicago and um, we do it on Zoom, seven weeks and seven writers it is. So it's, it's been fun, but um, I was wondering, do you, do you write for the newspaper too, or are you like more on the management side of it? Yeah, I definitely do. Um, I've been on staff for three years. So my first two years were kind of like the grind years where like I had like a different assignment every week. And so, um, yeah, I was definitely working hard more on the writing side of things those first two years. And then this year, I'm, I guess, more of like the visionary. So yeah, I really definitely don't write as much as I like to. Um, it's kind of more of like the organizational, like setting deadlines and looking over stuff before it goes up. Um, so I haven't gotten to write quite as much, but still trying to do a little bit of it now and then. And then also explore some different mediums this year, just for fun, like trying out podcasting and like video making and stuff before I graduate. Cause I feel like this is definitely the time um, to do so. So yeah, not as much this year, but in past years, I've been definitely into writing a lot. Yeah. Well, that's great. Cool. Okay. Um, next one for you. Ooh, okay. You kind of covered a lot of these, but I'm always interested to hear like how my mom and like other family members were when they were like my age or like as students growing up. So um, my question for you is kind of what kind of student were you throughout the different phases of your life? Like, I don't know, you kind of mentioned that you wanted to drop out of high school, but were you always kind of, I don't know, like not liking school as much? Did you have a phase where you were like more into school? Well, I, I love learning. I totally love learning. And I think what made it difficult for me was I, I mentioned that I moved around a lot when I was younger. And what would happen was I would, I would move to one place and they had already finished a whole section that I hadn't learned. And then I kept learning. And then I'd learn like a section that I already had learned. So I had like big gaps in my education. And, and um, which I, I always felt like I was kind of struggling to catch up because I, I missed like so much in grammar and <laughs> math and it was just, it was hard. It was like, I was struggling. I, I managed to be um, just an average student, nothing great. Um, when, I, when I was in high school, um, I don't know if they still do it, but um, we would take these uh, like competency tests to see, um, 
what direction you were going to go in your future or whatever. So I met with this counselor. I had never met her before. She had never met me. Okay, so I took tests and she was going to give me um, my test results and then tell me what I was suited for. And this woman says to me, well, I just don't think you're college material. And I was crushed. I was just crushed. And unfortunately, I believed this woman. I shouldn't have. And I, but I did. And for years, I thought I was just going to be like nothing, you know? So I, um, well, not for that long, because I did, <laughs> I did end up going to nursing school. And, but I actually thought nursing school was kind of an alternative to college. You know, even though I took college courses and I did really well with them um, as part of my nursing um, education, it was back in the day when I was in nursing school, it was like, they called them diploma programs. You would go for three years and throughout the summers and um, you would graduate with a diploma. So, you know, after I did that, I, I decided I was going to take a stab at it, that I wanted to um, get my um, get my bachelor's degree. I still didn't have a lot of confidence in that area, but I got in, um, because I was a nurse already, I got like um, free room board and tuition to Barra College, which was a woman's college in Lake Forest at the time. It was kind of real la-ti-da, you know, it was, <laughs> it was, <laughs> at the time I went, I mean, it was like every girl had a, I mean, this sounds so crazy to say now, but everybody had a car and a microwave in their room and TV sets. And that was a big deal back then, you know, I mean, now it just seems funny to say it, but it was, um, it was like, it was kind of like a rich school, you know, rich girl school. Anyway, I was the school nurse there. And so that's why I got a free ride. And um, I loved being there and I, I did really well academically. So I thought, hmm. And so I whipped through that program in a couple years because I already had college from uh, some college courses from nursing. So I thought, and I really love psych and I wanted it to be my specialty. So I, um, I'm also really interested in social justice. And um, there was a school, it's still there in Chicago. It was called, it's called um, the Adler University. And um, uh, that's where I did my master's degree. And I loved it so much. It's like, I didn't want to leave my practicum. <laughs> Well, I started out like part-time because I was working full-time and I, um, um, you had to, so I just took a few classes at a time. My master's degree took me almost 10 years, but I got really good grades and you had to do a final practicum with, with clients and you could, you could like, um, like see them a few times, but if your practicum was over, you could like 
transfer all your clients to somebody else, but I didn't want to. I really want, I thought it would be important to keep the clients until the end of their therapy. So I did. And so it did extend my, my time there probably by another year, but yeah, it took me 10 years to get my master's, but I do, I kind of regret I didn't get my PhD and just go for the gold, you know, but, um, but I did, um, it was a real learning process throughout the whole thing. And I really did enjoy grad school a lot too. So yeah, it's, I, um, but over the years, you know, I gained my confidence and you learn, you know, you just learn how to be a better student too. So that was helpful too along the way. <laughs> that's great. I feel like that's such a movie moment, like the counselor telling you like, you're not college material. And then like, you just went and proved them wrong. So that's so cool. <laughs> I know, you know, I, I, there's been times when I thought, God, I'd like to hunt that lady down, you know, but she's probably uh, um, not around anymore. But um, yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting that you really have to, I, I learned a valuable lesson, you know, that, um, and it took me a long time to figure it out, but that you really have to go with your gut and your own instinct, you know, and and um, and believe in yourself, you know, um, and hopefully you'll have other people that believe in you too and encourage you along the way, you know. But um, yeah, she really stomped on my dream for, <laughs> you know, and I just thought. God, you know, I just remember thinking, it was like it was yesterday. It was like, I'm sitting there thinking, well, I don't have a future doing anything. You know, it was just, it was, uh, it was, it was difficult. But um, unfortunately, I mean, fortunately, it wasn't true. So, you know, <laughs> but that was a challenge. Mm -hmm. um, well, speaking of challenges, um, what, what do you think your biggest challenge has been during COVID? Oh my gosh. Um, I feel like it's just been like learning when to take a break and learning to go easy on yourself. Cause I feel like it's so easy when you have all this free time to be like, oh, it's not right for me to take a break right now because isn't this whole time a break? And like, I don't know, like, yes, I'm home all the time. And I'm like, I don't know, not like out and about and like hustling and bustling and stuff like that. I, you should be like relaxed all the time. But I think that's like so untrue. And actually like, I don't know, you're kind of more plugged in right now than ever because you know, like people can contact you all the time. Cause like your home is now your school and your workplace and everything all in one. So yeah, I think I've just had to learn to just go easy on myself and understand that even though like I'm home and like things can be considered a little bit easier right now than they were before. Like that doesn't mean that, I don't know. I don't deserve a break every once in a while. So that's been an important one. <laughs> Um, is it hard being with your family all the time? Ooh, it definitely can be. Um, for me, it's been good. I just live with my mom, so it's just us two. So we definitely are able to kind of like retreat into like our corners and it's not like a super crowded house. So we don't, um, 
step on each other's feet too much and like I'm on school like on zoom all day and then she's on like her work calls all day so we, it's kind of like the same as it was when I was at school and she was at work like we don't really talk at all all day and then we like reconnect over dinner so it hasn't been too bad at all but there's definitely times where it's like I uh, just like distance would make the heart grow fonder in this situation so <laughs> it's a challenge but it's been pretty good for the most part oh that's good for sure. Okay. Um, ooh. Let me see. <laughs> There's so many things I could ask. Okay. Um, ooh, I would be interested to kind of hear, I wrote down like what historic events defined your childhood, but really like what historic events define like different periods of your life and which things like really stick out with, to you as being like impactful. Uh, I didn't hear the last word. It's been Just what? stick out to you as being impactful and that maybe like had a profound impact on you at the time oh, okay um well you know i grew up um at a time when there were all sorts of people getting assassinated you know it was you know malcolm x and martin luther king and and um Kennedy and then his brother. And it just seemed like um, it was just a horrible period in time that it was like all these good people are, are just getting wiped out, you know? And, and um, when I think that really did stick with me because um, when Barack Obama was running for president, I really liked him. I was afraid to vote for him because I thought somebody would kill him. You know, and I really had to sit down and have like heart to heart talks with myself and and say, well, who do you want to be president? Barack Obama. <laughs> you know, and it's like, well, if people don't vote for him just because they're afraid something's going to happen to him, it, that's not fair. You know, I mean to him, but. It was a real struggle, and I um, I did vote for him. I am so thankful that nothing happened to him. I thought he was a fabulous president, and I love music. And and um, the first, I think it was like the first group to come and play for them or sing for them was a group called Sweet Honey in the Rock. And they're kind of a, a, well, they're eclectic, but they do a lot of gospel songs and, and, and they're really a great group. And I had seen them several times um, at the Women's Music Festival in Michigan. I used to go to that. And um, unfortunately, after its 40th year, um, they, it's no longer, you know, they, they discontinued it, but um, yeah, so Sweet Honey in the Rock, when they were the first group at the White House, I was like, yay, <laughs> you know, <laughs> anyway, I thought he was a great president. I, um, I am so grateful that he had, you know, um, his turn in the White House, and I think he had a wonderful impact on our country. And then the other thing that, um, I mean, the civil rights movement in its entirety impacted me a lot. My, um, my best friend in high school and I used to go to Operation Push and um, 
we were, um, I mean, it was a pre predominantly black group at that time. And like she and I were like the only, we were like the token white girls, you know, it was, it was kind of funny. And, and, but we were very into civil rights and we started like a civil rights um, group at our high school. And um, to this day, now she lives, she works for, uh, uh, she works um, like for civil rights in Washington actually right now. And she has for several, I mean, a long time. So um, my association with her, she really got me more, involved in it. I don't know if I would have as much on my own, but I was always in, interested in social justice. Like um, I'm a firm believer of healthcare for all. And I've been fighting for that for years and years and years. I we're getting closer, <laughs> but, but I don't know if I'll live to see it, but I hope so. Um, and the other big event that, um, impacted my life was 9-11. I had started a brand new job the morning of 9-11. I had, I lived in Bellevue, Iowa at the time, and I got a job in Cuba City, Wisconsin as a psych nurse. The first, um, okay, I'm there my first day. I got there at like seven o'clock. <laughs> we had a TV on in the day room for the patients and they were watching. So when the first tower got hit, everybody, I mean, you know, everybody like circled around the TV and, and, uh, and then when the second tower hit, all I wanted to do was go home. I wanted to like find my son, he was in daycare, grab him and go home. But I, I thought, well, I'll, I'll lose my job <laughs> my first day, but I couldn't learn anything either. You know, I was supposed to be like in training and on the job the first day and we watched TV all day. I mean, it was just, it was just unbelievable. And then the impact that had on me, I mean, other than, um, you know, the tragic loss and, and knowing that our, our um, country could be actually terrorized. You know, it you really lost the sense of security that you always had because those kind of things always happened in other places. You know, I you since you lived in London, you were but you were probably too young to remember that when I went over there in the seventies, there were still a lot of buildings bombed out from World War II. I was really shocked, you know, because you like you read about world wars and terrorism and and you see it on, you know, what's happening on TV and you. Um, but if you don't experience it up close and personal, it's almost like unreal, you know, so 9-11 put a real, a real, a realness to it terrorism that I don't think any of us had really experienced before and unless they were, you were from a different country or um, uh, and it made me kind of I guess I like kind of paranoid you know I kept thinking after that that 
you know, they were kept talking about, oh, there's going to be more attacks, more attacks. So you kept kind of like wondering when it was going to, what was going to happen next. You know, I, um, it made me frightened, you know, and not paranoid, like clinically paranoid, <laughs> but, but um, it made me frightened after that, that anything could happen. And, and um, so that was, that was a big event. And then Living through the last four years with with Trump, I never ever thought that I would ex experience that craziness that went on. Th that our whole our whole system, I mean our our whole um, idea of the role of a president and um, the media in terms of what is being covered and what isn't being covered and and the frenzy the frenzy that went on for four years and i probably shouldn't speak politics but um that was a huge i'll, I'll never take our democracy um for granted again ever and um, i just hope that that history never repeats itself and um it was just a talk about a dangerous time. Oh my God, you know. <laughs> and and after, um, even after the election, it, it was still like so turbulent. And I really, you you couldn't figure out in your head or rational or in a reasonable way figure out what was really going to happen next. You know, it was just chaos. And and. Um, when things, when the dust finally settled for now, and it was the very recent past, you know, I think that, I think a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. I feel, I feel like more confident that um, things will go in the right direction. So I'm happy about that. But so those are the things that influenced me. <laughs> That's so interesting. Thank you for sharing. So um, when COVID is over and you can travel anywhere, where would you like to go and why? Do you want to start, Alex? Take sure. some time to think. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I want to go to Europe so bad. Um, how, how will I afford it? That's a secondary concern, but yeah, I would just love to go back there and visit kind of where I grew up when I was really young and then also go to like Italy and Paris and just all these places that I've been but don't remember. Um, yes, <laughs> that's it. Well, I'd recommend Italy. Italy is absolutely beautiful, just beautiful. Um, well, I've traveled around a lot, but I... Um, I'm happy. I just got my um, my real ID card, you know, with the little gold star in there on my driver's license. <laughs> so I I probably will stay in the states, but I have a friend in Maine. Um, I'd like to go visit her, and uh, she has an organic farm up there, and uh, I haven't seen her for a while. So I think I'd like to go there, and I also have. Um, I'd like to go to Canada. I um, Canada is really like Europe, and it's close. 
you know, I've been there before and it's so European. I mean, um, if you go to Montreal or Quebec, um, it's just like being in Europe, really. And, um, and I have a friend in um, um, Vancouver. Um, he lives on, in Qualicum Beach. And so I think I'd like to visit him. I, I like to travel a lot. <laughs> How about you, Paisley? Where do you want to go? Oh, my goodness. That's a hard question. Um, I think I'm interested in going to Australia. Ooh. A really cool place. Lots of wildlife, Sydney Opera House. Seems like there's a lot to do. Okay. When I lived in England, there was, um, I used to meet people from New Zealand. They used to come to London to work quite a lot. And, mm -hmm. and um, I always thought New Zealand would be a great place also. Australia yeah. is high on my list. Yeah, I've heard good things about New Zealand too. Might have to stop at yep. both places. Yeah. <laughs> if you're making that long flight, might as well, right? <laughs> yeah, you're close. It's very close. All right. What do you do to plan on staying strong, to stay strong during COVID as well as after COVID? Sorry, can you repeat that? It cut out for me. Yeah, you're good. What do you plan on doing to stay strong during COVID and after? Ooh, okay, I think it's just like be close with your friends and family. It's like all you really can do. And I think like this time has shown that like life is so precious and you just gotta like seize the moment. So I think just, yeah, um, maintaining that closeness, um, whether virtually or in person with family and friends and also just like taking every opportunity and like seizing the day. That's like very generic, but I think like, yeah, this time has showed us that it's very valuable. I, um, I've been following like the COVID, you know, the recommendations from the Center of, uh, for Disease Control since this thing started. And um, I'm gonna continue to do so. This morning, I got um, a notification from the University of Iowa asking if I wanted to get the vaccine. And um, I said, yeah what they do is they put your, they can't guarantee a day or time yet. They're just taking your name and they'll, then they'll, as they get the vaccine, they'll pick randomly from the names. And um, so basically I'm on a waiting list, but I, I am going to get vaccinated. Um, I kind of hope it's not the Johnson and Johnson one. <laughs> But I'm sure if, if that's what they're offering, uh, I don't think it, well, you know, I, I'll wait and see, but um, I would prefer one of the others to that one. But, um, but I am encouraging people to get vaccinated. And so I'm going to do that. And I've, I'm, um, um, I'm staying in for a lot longer periods than I normally would. And I only go out for essential things. I um, I try to like limit my time in in grocery stores and stuff like that. And 
And um, my bubble is basically my son and his wife and my grandson. And I do get together with them every couple of weeks, but I was supposed to this past Sunday and I had kind of a cold and so I canceled it as much as I wanted to see him. I'm just, I want to be safe and keep them safe too. And, and um, so I, uh, um, I moved during COVID, which was a really weird experience. And I haven't really made any friends since I um, moved here because everybody's staying in their apartments. And um, so I've, I've seen like three people here and I've been here since August, um, just even to say hello to. So um, I am in touch with my friends um, more from Chicago than I am here. And, um, and I'm just want to keep myself busy, which is why I signed up to do this. <laughs> because I, I really like intergenerational activities. I've, when I uh, lived in Chicago, I lived in a senior building for six years, and I didn't really, you know, I, they did have intergenerational dinners, and some activities you could get involved in that way. So I did do that, and that was really a lot of fun. But when I moved here, I purposely decided not to move into a senior building. So I'm in a, um, like a regular um, multifamily building. So I hope when COVID is over, I'll get to meet some of the families here and, and some of the kids that live here too. So that's what I'm doing. Bye.